Welcome everybody to episode 18. This one's a really good one. Quick reminder, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to tell your friends and family about our show. This episode, we're talking to Michael Lee Jr. from Blue Line Banner Podcast. Big Canes guy down in Raleigh. And we get into all kinds of stuff. Can't even begin to tell you all the subjects we hit on. So let's just get right to it. Uh, let's have some beers then. What's that? Let's go. Let's get into it. So, Eric, I've been hearing about this beer all week that you're going to be drinking tonight. What is it? So, I know I know John Walker is a big fan of the Star Wars universe. In fact, he has talked about defecting <laughs> and starting his own like Star Wars podcast on his own. <laughs> and uh, I recently... I wasn't going to do it, but then I recently started watching the Mandalorian series on the Disney plus and it's actually good. So you were right. right. (laughs) And, uh, when I went to the beer store this weekend, I saw this label and it's like the Mandalorian, like all over the can (laughs) and it's called, this is the way. So if you've watched the show, you know what that means. It's an Imperial Pilsner (laughs) from, uh, vanish, uh, Farmwood Brewery, uh, just down the road across the river on the way to Leesburg in Luckett's, Virginia. So, oh, yeah, uh, right on the road. Good, Aaron. It's another Imperial Pilsner. I'm gonna have to get some of these to try because <laughs> I know you're not again, you're not a pale ale guy, you're not an IPA guy, but uh, definitely, uh, since you're into the loggers and the pilsners and those styles, check it out, man. I'm gonna have to snag one, yeah. Let me know so when you John, go for a drive, Aaron. I'll go get one with you. <laughs> <laughs> sounds, sounds good. <laughs> so, uh, so John Walker, what do you have, bud? So I told you guys about this the other night. Um, Eric and I, and I think everyone is a big Top Gun fan. So I guess we're sticking with the entertainment theme. I have a Buzz <laughs> the Tower uh, Visa from Calvert Brewing Company. It's brewed with raspberries and cold brew coffee. So a little more fruit, but a little sour note too with the raspberries. It's actually pretty good. Nice. So, nice. Sucker for Top Gun art and obviously Star Wars. <laughs> Eric beat me to Absolutely. that one. But, <laughs> yeah. but Don't have too many. You'll be in the danger zone. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, right. Dad jokes. Dad jokes only. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron, Aaron, what do you got today? I'm going overseas. I've got a Belgian Leffe. Blonde. Okay. It's very, very nice. It's got this like gold stuff at the top. It's very, very classy. Smooth. Tastes good. Classy and smooth. Oh, classy and smooth. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Dan? What uh, you got? Well, I don't have quite the story as Eric and John. Uh, my wife picked up some beers for me for my birthday, and I'm drinking uh, Juicy Bits by Weldworks Brewing, and uh, it's an IPA. It's very tasty. We like that. Right on. Right on. So how about our guest today? We got, uh, we got Michael Lee. Um, what are you drinking tonight? Well, thanks guys. I'm a huge fan of the show, so it's cool to be here. I, I know I mentioned to you, I was thinking about bringing on a storm brew, the hurricanes beer and just doing a shotgun real quick. And I actually went to the store. I couldn't find one before the show. So I got stuff. <laughs> I, got, <laughs> I owe you a wick, uh, a, uh, a storm brew shotgun, but I ended up going with a, 
Wicked Weed Pernicious, which Asheville, oh, yeah. North Carolina. It's a very well known IPA. Nothing fancy yeah. here, but it's a, it's it's good. I've, I've right actually on. had a Wicked Weed Brewing beer on the show. <laughs> oh. I believe that was <laughs> Lieutenant Dank. Yes, it was, <laughs> and that that absolutely almost made me do a spit take <laughs> <laughs> when you said it because. <laughs> it was great and also you know what it's it's a good thing you didn't get the storm brew because now john's off the hook yeah <laughs> before so, we started so recording i was like i was like this dude is talking about shotgunning a beer when we start recording john you're the only one that i know of on the show that can actually shotgun a beer like i can't do it i don't know if the other two can or not but probably not because john's the only one i've seen do it so I was like, John, you're a shotgun guy, so you need to have something available. Yeah, and I in case this I, dude shotguns a beer, like right, right before, right before I, I kind of did a, you know, a, almost like a Mrs. Doubtfire thing in the in the refrigerator because I was like, I can't find anything. Um, <laughs> the only thing that was in my fridge in a can is this coconut porter from Red Shedman, which I've had before. And I, I really like this beer, but this is not something you go, Hey, let's shotgun this. It'll be great. So I, I had it handy in the event that if you did it, I would still have to, you know, I have to defend the honor of Charlestown, if you will. But I was like, Oh man, like if I have to do that, that's going to be, well, but I'm glad. So we're we're good I, now. I went to Publix right before the show, and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna get some pernicious. And I'm like, I, I you know what? I gotta get the storm brew. And I'm gonna. Mm-hmm. And I walked up and down the aisle three times looking for it. They didn't have oh, it. Man. I know. I know oh. Harry Cedar had it. It would have been cool, but I'm that would have been guys. an absolute <laughs> power <time>. move. <laughs> alpha. That would have been alpha right there. Yeah. <laughs> right. Force our guy to shotgun a coconut porter. yeah i know (laughs) then after that we gotta go you know guinness and then just (laughs) shotgun a loaf of bread yeah a loaf of bread (laughs) (laughs) yeah that would not go well but yeah so um michael lee jr thanks for coming on tonight uh, you're the host of uh, Blue Line Banter Podcast. You're a big Canes guy, uh, youth hockey coach. We definitely want to talk to you about that. We got uh, a couple of youth hockey coaches on the on our group here tonight too. So um, I guess uh, you want to you want to just start off with uh, telling us how uh, tell us your history with the Canes. Yeah. So as a kid, grew up playing hockey with my buddies in the street, and was never uh, really on the ice. I didn't play organized hockey as a kid, but I did work at a a local rink as a skate guard. So I was the guy with the orange vest on making sure that everyone was going in the right way in the circle and uh, nice. you know, that kind of deal. So, but I, I learned how to skate as a young kid uh, played in the, in the street with my buddies and I always loved the game and just had this sort of passion for the game, but I never knew how far it would come uh, to this point in my life now. And to your question about how did I get so involved in the canes? It's really, it really goes down to, I think, uh, sports become like this family type thing and uh not to bring in football here but as a kid i grew up as a giants fan because my dad was a giants fan and um it it just became this bonding atmosphere and i was with my brother at the games you start to that that's where you learn to love the game so in 2008 uh finished up school in new jersey finished up college and i moved down to raleigh north carolina 
and um, and Raleigh is the home of the Carolina Hurricanes, obviously. And uh, I had a, a son that was born in 2013. So, you know, live in Raleigh, have a son now, something I always wanted, um, something I always kind of dreamed of and, you know, having a little boy. And, and uh, when he was three, I took him on the ice for the first time, took him skating with me and I uh, still have the pictures, which is incredible looking at where he was at three. Now he's seven now, um, but how far he's come in just those four years and you know, barely being able to stand up on skates. But really mm-hmm. that my love for the Canes came from uh, uh, community and then family w- uh, with my son. So I took him to his first game when he was three years old uh, after I took him skating. And I remember sitting there at the first game with him and uh I mean, I love hockey and it's the Canes at that point at three. So we're going back, you know, four years. I don't say, man, I love the Canes. I have this huge passion for the Canes, but I like the game and I'm sitting there with my son and uh, first intermission comes three years old. First intermission comes. You want to go get a snack? You want to get? No. Wants to sit right there and watch everything that's going on. Second intermission. <laughs> yeah. Second intermission. Want to go, go walk, go to the bathroom? Get, no. He sat there first period, second period, third period, all the way to the end of the game at three years old. I, I took him to movies. He didn't last 15 minutes. Yeah. Of <laughs> AMC theater. He's like, let me yeah. out of this place. And I understand like you go to, you know, you guys know you go to a game and there's, um, there's tons of sensory overload going on, but there was something yeah. about it that just caught his attention. And we got a stick at that game, little you know, knee hockey stick. And he went home that night and I still have the video of this. He's slapping pucks off the cabinets in the kitchen like <laughs> at three years old and running all around on the hardwood floors. And uh, <laughs> that really started it. So uh, then we started going to games all the time together. And it became really this this bonding experience that I cannot believe how far it's come uh, over the last four years from you know, me taking him to a game to coaching his teams to skate. It's it's incredible. And, and the love that we have for the Canes. I mean, you guys see the behind you i mean we have we've we went to games for three years with no playoffs and mikey thought that uh he thought he knew what it was like to go to pnc arena and then that right. first playoff game against right. the caps game three you know, down oh two we walked into that place and oh my goodness i mean you just you guys know i mean it yeah. absolutely insane and then it just continues to build the love for that team the community and it really comes from a bonding with my son it's it's pretty cool that's awesome that is awesome. I hope that I have a story someone like that. My <laughs> three-year-old. <laughs> I took my my two and a half year old to see Maryland Black Bears play, and right before everything happened, it was like March fifth or something like that. So, man, he same sort of story though. It's like intermission comes along, and he was just glued to the glass because he wanted to watch the Zamboni, and oh, he just he loved it. He had a blast with it. So uh, I think that it's the sort of thing that you take them once and that's you're, you're making a hockey fan by just taking them once to one game. So that's, that's a great story though. Yeah. So uh, pretty cool. And then, uh, so now it's, you know, it's, we're, I, I'm as big a Canes fan as anyone. And I've told you guys that. And, you know, some people say, oh, I've been a Canes fan for 20 years. I'm like, I've been a Canes fan since my son was playing. <laughs> and I'm, I'm as big a Canes fan as anyone out there. Yeah. I, I love right. I love them. Yeah. So you weren't quite as big of a Canes fan in say 
09 when a certain Evgeny Malkin swung from behind the net and lifted one off <laughs> oh, the back end. Geez. You had to go there. Wow. Look <laughs> 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 the dagger. I mean, I look, I know the exact player you're talking about. Obviously, everyone does. I see the Penguins fly, uh, flag flying behind you. I didn't think it would start this early, guys. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the show. There's no hockey till January, so we got to get in the mindset, I guess. Yeah, we got to, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, and okay, since we're bringing all this stuff up, I mean, the real reason why I think we're all here tonight is because one of us maybe no, you don't think so- you know said something about <laughs> think you know you the, know what they're done the Canes <laughs> quote unquote retro jerseys or reverse retro jerseys. They're actually the Hartford Whalers uniforms that are like gray instead of white or something. I don't know. I don't quite understand the design, but I, I don't believe in appropriating like <laughs> the old franchises <laughs> culture and history and everything. Like, like they have, like the Canes have a legitimate history. They won a cup in Oh two, right? Like that, that's legit. That's, that's a real franchise, even though I don't like them. Um, <laughs> and I don't, you know, I don't like a lot of the stuff that they do and I don't like a lot of the stuff that their social media does. Um, but, but so time out, what do you like here? <laughs> anyway, I think you're, you're only solidifying his, uh, uh, Mike's thoughts that, uh, it's one of the greatest rivalries between the Canes yeah. and Caps. Uh, it, very well, very well could be, very well could be. Very well could be. I mean, at this point in the arc, right? Like the way I look at the Caps and the Canes is one is trending up, one is trending down. The Canes are trending up, the Caps are trending down, and they're kind of at this like nexus in that arc. And that breeds a really good rivalry. Absolutely. Yeah. After what, you know, after what happened a couple seasons ago, it, it, it only made it stronger for me. And I remember being at, um, I think it was at the end of the 08 season, I was at a Caps game with a hockey buddy of mine. Uh, we've both been lifelong Caps fans. And uh, I forget who they were playing, but if they won that game, basically they would they won the Southeast Division and they were in and you know carolina was in whatever situation they were in and carolina had been the class of the division um you know through the cup run and then even after that and then as you know the caps were sort of rebuilding and ovechkin was coming in and all that stuff was going on um i remember being at that game it's you know fifth to last game of the season or something like that they have to win to get in and to win the division and they want it, and the place is going nuts. And I was like, "Yes, screw Carolina, we're in. <laughs> like, we're finally back in. <laughs> like, Ovi gets to go to the playoffs. Like, all that kind of stuff." And and so that's really where that rivalry starts for me, I think. Um, and then it was only solidified like two years ago. So that's where my beef is. Yeah. And, and- <laughs> 
So that that two years ago was just an incredible sort of a occurrence. Uh, you guys got your cup right, and uh, a lot of returning players and favored to win it again. And you face off against the Canes, and um, wow, what a series that was! I mean, to yeah, uh, it was a it was just a fun series. There was a, there was a lot of drama. There was a lot of things that took place in that series from. You know, the Ovi and Svetch fight uh, in Raleigh in Game 3 to you know, to go in Game 7 in Washington. Not to bring up bad memories. This is your show. But before that, I wrote a note. <laughs> no, bring them up. No, yeah, I, wrote down, <laughs> I, wrote down a, I wrote down a note. I mean, because uh, I wanted to make sure I brought this up. The Whaler stuff, there's going to be people are going to think differently about that. And, and yeah, I think yeah. it, might be, it might be split. I don't know. It may even... I I absolutely have a bias being down here in Raleigh because everyone loves it. The kids love it. They think it's the coolest thing. And uh, yeah. you know, is it a test? It, you know, is it a an adage to the the historic Hartford Whalers team? That's the way it's some are viewed down here. Do the Canes? Does the Canes organization view it as, hey, we're going to sell more jerseys? Of course, this is a business. Does um, <laughs> no like like they want to do that? Of course, they want to find ways to do that. Um, you know, they have the rights to the jersey. Um, do the folks that are up in Hartford think like, man, that's not? That, there's so many different ways that you could that you could cut this thing. But so I think I could see both sides of that one. But the Canes yeah. social media team that is a that that's going to become a case study on social media in sports. I mean, those, they are absolutely <laughs> incredible. I mean, so I've got it. Like, I, I don't maybe dislike some of the stuff they do, but Oh my goodness, they're good at what they do and they they get engagement and that's what social media is all yeah, about. And yeah, uh, yeah. Hey, we, uh, you guys found, I found you through Twitter and then I started to tweet at you guys. And the tweet was actually that I wanted. I was upset that you guys were dogging the whaler stuff. <laughs> I, I said, "Okay, if I'm gonna I'm gonna come at you with that." I'm like, okay, you guys hate the whaler stuff. Okay, it's fine. You guys are caps guys. I, I'm gonna definitely side with you on gritty as a scumbag. Like, I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. without a doubt. Yeah. I was I was about to take it right there too. You talk about uh, engaging social media. Canes do it right. They get attention. I mean, if even if you don't like it, you're still. That's right. Still showing up on your radar. Yeah. What what did what did The Rock used to say when he was like when he was actually in WWE or whatever it's called now? He would always say, "Whether you love me or hate me, you're still talking about me." Right. <laughs> exactly. So, like even though they're like absolute savages on social media, sometimes <laughs> like you're still. We're like, I'm still complaining about it to people, right? No. Like, <laughs> I mean, the Kane social media should also, I mean, every, we should all be thanking Don Cherry a, a, a heck of a lot. I mean, I've got right? a bunch of yeah. like, I have one for, of the shirts. Yeah, I have one of the bunch of shirts. If it, if it shirts, weren't for yeah. him, we're not even, the discussion is a very different discussion. If it weren't for him making that one comment, it's a very different discussion. I mean, that, that became not only national, sort of here in the States that was, that became a global type headline. I mean, it was incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, I think too, like kind of what you were saying, you know, they're building a community, they're building a, you know, a, a culture, especially a new one since the owner took over Tom Dundon, you get something, I mean, as goofy as it is a rallying cry or like a, a tag name, you know, almost like a, they don't like us type of thing. You can use that internally. And then because of what they were able to do with it, you know, two seasons ago and then continue at this past season where they had good 
you know, they had a good team on the ice. Um, and then they even had a great story with David Ayers. I mean that, you know, like you can continue the stories. Like, <laughs> that's two seasons. They were able to do something story-wise that just took them to the next level. I think the David Ayers stuff. Oh my goodness yeah. gracious. That's like, another level. It really youth, is. If you think about youth, it, the youth hockey kids around here, they all know David Ayers. They like, it's incredible. Like, every, they all know David Ayers. They all know what an emergency backup goalie is. I didn't know what an emer, emer, emergency backup goalie. If you would <laughs> ask me that, what are you talking about? I don't even know what the, the, everyone knows it in this town, the youth hockey kids, they all know it. And if you ask a youth hockey kid in Raleigh, who's David Ayers, they're going to say, Oh, the goalie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the guy that won us the game against yeah. the team he plays with. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that every, guy. Every, <laughs> Unbelievable. Every uh, single one of them, they all know it. They all know it. And then the Canes, they took that and ran with that. I mean, they sold, I think they sold more David Ayer shirts and they sold, maybe not, a bunch of jerk shirt, but oh my goodness. <laughs> like two, uh, who cares? I mean, a bunch of jerks, David Ayer's, wow. From a merch standpoint, incredible. Yeah, pretty much anytime you got something interesting happening, I, I, I want to bring up Gritty again. I mean, He's oh, a scumbag. God. He's a he's an absolute just menace. He needs but, to be in prison. <laughs> he needs he's to a be criminal in element. <laughs> How many kids does that kid that guy have? He's got like seventeen illegitimate kids from that many girls. Yeah. Like what the hell? And they're <laughs> like, that guy's a scumbag. But you know what? Up. They're we're talking about him, <laughs> and the Philly social media is great with it. It's but he, it's right, hilarious. but he's also. He, he, yes, he's a scumbag and he's a cokehead and he's, you know, he, he, he's, he's a terrible, terrible, whatever he is. I don't know if he's a person or not, but we all love him. He's the best mascot in the Absolutely. NHL. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 He's pretty cool. Yeah. He's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> he should be in jail. Yeah. <laughs> should be in jail. Should be now criminal. Got, element. Now beers and a lot is calling for for gritty to be in jail. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it's a, it's interesting. You kind of you know as a Canes fan down there, you're bringing up the social media. It's a good way, probably for a lot of people, you know, especially in that market where hockey may not be at the forefront because it is a newer sport to that region. You're bringing up the social media. It's a good way, I bet. A lot of people either get gravitated to the Hurricanes or kind of get involved one way or another, even if it's as simple as just watching a few games on TV, maybe buying a hat when they see it or something, you know, it gets them engaged. Yeah. And even, even a step further than that is your know, social media is about being social. And if you have a, you know, a social media account like the Canes where you're, that's, you, know, you have a bunch of followers, something that I noticed that they, they do, and I'm sure other groups do this as well is, but they actually they respond to the fans, they engage with the fans. So then you know, it's not just us being social with them. They return that. And then when you start to combine that together, you feel like, like you use the word community. You know, if it's just us saying Canes, you, we think you're great. But if they respond back saying, if they say good morning and you respond back saying it, it's now you start to create community and they, they yeah. actually respond to fans a lot. Um, they they've done they do things a few times a year where they're if you do certain things like they follow they'll follow your the fan accounts and uh, so they they really engage with the community from a social standpoint and uh, and I think that that probably creates some kind of different 
uh, I mean, social media is new to all of us. I, I, I think that that creates some kind of maybe allegiance that's you know, slightly different. Definitely. So I wanted to ask you uh, about the Svechnikov goals. What are your thoughts on, uh, on his lacrosse goals? The lacrosse goals, I mean, it's... So I brought up something about David Ayers where all the kids around town, you know, all the youth <laughs> hockey players, they know David Ayers. I mean, you got kids around here now, these youth hockey players, they're, they're picking up the puck on their stick and stuffing it in mailboxes. I mean, they're, <laughs> That's awesome. they're, yeah, the, the lacrosse goal is the, is the thing to do in Raleigh, North Carolina. And there's not a single practice that goes by where some kid's not going behind the goal trying to pick it up. And these are seven-year-olds, and none of them can do it. Just seeing them try it is just phenomenal. So, all right, So, but what do I think about the goal? I mean, I, look, obviously, the Michigan, I mean, we all, we all, know, we all know that. Uh, yeah, Mike right. Legg. Yeah, right. but, uh, yeah, exactly. And, but seeing Svetch do that, the first time that's ever happened in the NHL, pretty incredible. And then he does it a second time. It's like, right. whoa, like what in the world? And then it happened again, not with Svetch, but um, it was Forsberg in Nashville. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He yes. did it like on the backhand, though. Like he it did was the backhand, and it, it yeah. may have been a little sicker than both of the other. Right. I mean, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and then they so, put it in NHL 21 too, in the new. Yeah, which yeah, is yeah. like nearly impossible to do it in NHL. <laughs> oh yeah, I can't. I've never done it. Button combo for that. Like, whatever. <laughs> okay. It's probably it's probably harder <laughs> than a more co- Mortal Kombat fatality. I'm sure <laughs> it's probably hard as hell. But yeah, to those goals. I mean, you have a 19 year old who's innovating in the league, and the goalies they fucking hate it. Obviously, they, they don't like they don't like that. Like yep, they don't, nope. they they do not like that. It's like somebody but, uh, kick, kick their dog or something like. Yeah, it's like what are you doing, <laughs> stuffing that thing up over my shoulder? Like no, um, but you, know, you got a 19 year old innovating in the league, and then you hear the whole backstory. It's like you know his his brother Evgeny taught him that move when they were kids on the pond, and like it's just kind of neat. And then he brings it. Guy makes it to the NHL, a 19 year old, and he's just having fun out there, and he and he he stuffs one in, and then he does it again, and then uh, I don't know. I mean, will that continue to happen? We'll have to see. I, I, what do you guys think? I don't know. I, I will be very curious to see the first time someone tries it and a defenseman comes around the corner and just buries them. Because <laughs> I think that's out, yeah. I think I think that's the next thing. Cause I know Matthews attempted to do it this past season. He didn't have enough time and just kind of bailed out. But there's a defenseman coming very hard at him. And I think he kind of thought in his head, if I get it up by the time I get around, I'm gonna get clobbered. Yeah, well after <laughs> so, after Sveshnikov did it the second time, I mean, we we watched some replays and they they were everyone was looking for it, and they were ready to clear him, you know, the f out. Um, oh yeah, put yeah, him through like, the board, Jeff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you do it, it once, he, do it twice. Uh, third time, <laughs> maybe not. Yeah, he does it so quick though. Like it's very hard to defend if you're not in position. I mean, you're yeah. not going to get to him because he does it so quick. Yeah. yeah, you know, speaking of. of Svechnikov like I think that that Svechnikov Aho Teravainen line like that is that obviously it's a legit number one line it's a dominant number one line but I'm wondering like where and you know you're the Canes guy so where does the other scoring come from for that for that club like I know they have they have the Zingle and Trocheck and they just they picked up fast 
and like these guys like what where like where's the middle six like where do they get the rest of their scoring from going forward especially since i i think like i legitimately think they're on an upward trajectory you know they've they've been in the playoffs the last two seasons um they've had success against really good teams who are the guys that are going to propel them you know forward at this point yeah i mean i think fast definitely steps up there um you know the there's no quote that with justin williams going you can't replace justin williams right no question um that's right. not um but he's a guy that's loved in the in the locker room and and he can you know he could he could light the lamp a little bit as well uh, but you're right. I mean, we have a very dominant first line of forwards with with Aho, Svech, and Turbo. And um, you know, where does it come outside of that? I mean, you, know, you guys remember Warren Fogle. I mean, he's back for you know another season. I think he could. I think he could have a really uh, great season. We've got um, from a defensive standpoint some really strong. The D line, the D, the blue liners are deep, right? You, you across Slavin, Dougie Hamilton, Brady Shea, Hayden yeah, yeah, yeah. Flurry, Jake Carr. I mean, it's it. It seems like a deep team, but you make a good point. You know, uh, you know, coming out of that that top line, where do you know where do the points come from? And it'll be interesting to see who steps up. Um, you know, hopefully, Fast is one of those guys. Uh, Fogel's back for another year, and we'll see. You know, it's a contract year for him, but. Uh, you know, he'll be a free agent, free agent after the season, but, uh, it's it, some guys are going to have to step up. And when you look at, you know, uh, you know, Brenda Moore and his teams, I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's next guy up all the time. It's, you know, earn it is his saying and all, you know, whether you're, whether you're at PNC arena or you're at the youth hockey rinks that are you know, sponsored by the Canes, you've got the same signs everywhere. And he, it's it'll be interesting to see, but you you bring up a good point. I, I don't have a perfect answer for that, but I, I do think it's gonna it's gonna feed off of that top line, right? Yeah. And my question too for the Canes: Peter Morazic and James Reimer is a goaltending tandem tandem this year. Both are unrestricted free agents at the end of the year. I know Morazic has kind of had that starter role. Reimer. For whatever reason, he was a starter to some extent when he was in Toronto, and then he's bounced around a little bit. What do you see out of that tandem this year? I mean, it's a solid tandem, but you also have um, you know Alex Nedeljevic, who mm-hmm. is is solid. He's seen NHL time. If it weren't for the Reimer Morazic tandem, he's no question a full time backup, and he's splitting time with Morazic. So I think he's probably. He's done about everything you could possibly do at the AHL, and uh, I think it's it's at, at some point he's going to have to get a little bit more time from you know split whether it's splitting time from Morazic and maybe Reimer goes gets dealt. I I don't know, but I, that tandem has proven to be successful before or in the past. But I'd also like to see uh, Alex get a little bit of time. But I don't know how that fits in. I mean, you know, Morazic's obviously the number one right now. I, I we'll see how that plays out. But I think there's three kind of in the mix and. You know, we could be sitting here at the end of next season and it may look a lot different than that one, two that we're even talking about now. Yeah. Yeah. So I see a, uh, a gear tree behind you. Uh, do you play, uh, in the Raleigh area there? You so that, leagues? Yeah. So <laughs> I, I, I do, I, I made that one for my son. Um, so I, I made, I made one for him. He thinks it looks like a, 
you know, a robot. It's just some PVC pipe put together <laughs> and he thinks it's cool. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm the one that ends up hanging it up. I'm like, all right, let's teach some responsibility and, you know, get that, get that oh, stuff yeah. out of the bag. That hang is it up, such a it. battle, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you're the responsible one. Well, you know, he's, you know, he's seven and, um, yeah. he's awesome. I mean, he's, he's an amazing kid. Um, but you know, getting, getting these guys, like he loves to be on the ice. He loves playing. Um, but once he's not playing, it's like, you know, it, it just doesn't register. I'm like, Hey, we got to get the stuff out of the car. We got to get the equipment out. And, you know, but, uh, you know, at this point I, I don't mind it. I actually, I, I, I don't mind. I actually enjoy it. You know, I, I, I enjoy kind of the whole process of this whole thing with him. But, uh, but yeah, I'm playing, um, uh, well, that's not, I can't fit into that stuff there, um, behind me. Um, I'm, I'm getting out there and doing my best, doing my best to play. Uh, I got involved with some guys and, you know, started coaching and, and I, and I had this kind of burning desire. I'm like, you know, I really want to, I want to play this game on the ice and, um, and, and learn it and grow in the game. Uh, you know, at, at an older age, I'm, in my, uh, I'm, I'm 37 years old and, um, like, you know, let me, let me figure out how to get involved. So I start to ask guys, you know, Hey, tell me, you know, what's a, you know, what's a lower C division look like? You know, how, yeah, how, yeah. how do those games look? You know, uh, do you think I could go out and play there? And guys like, yeah, I think you might be all right. Uh, you know, what's an intermediate C look like? Tell me all about it. And, uh, <laughs> right, yeah. so I start to ask questions and listen and then, you know, one of my buddies is like, hey, we do a pickup on Friday nights. Why don't you come out to the pickup? And um, so I went out to a pickup, you know, Friday night, nine o'clock pickup. And, uh, and I got to tell you guys, I mean, I, I was a big soccer guy growing up and played soccer all through high school. And I'm 36 years old on the bench for a Friday pickup and waiting for my turn. My heart is just bumping out of my chest i'm like oh my gosh i'm about to go out there and skate with these guys um, and uh you know hop out and and uh and then it just continued on my love uh, like from that moment it just continued to grow and then i got invited to play for a team and and the guys that i play on a team with have become i mean i can you know we've been through a lot here with in 2020 with the, right. everything that's going on rinks being mm-hmm. shut down yeah and these yeah. guys i mean our email chain keeps me laughing in tears <laughs> you know with these guys on the team and <laughs> there's something different about hockey for some reason um you guys have been around for a while um you know, i'm still figuring it out but there's something different about the sport and about the people that are involved in the sport whether it's the the coaches the guys that I play pickup with, the guys that you know I'm on a team with now, where everyone seems to just it's 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 weird. I don't know what the answer. Like <laughs> everyone's looking out for each other. Everyone is. Um, it's whether you're it's your first time on the ice or you played college hockey and you're out there. It, it's just such a interesting thing that I'm kind of figuring out here. It's just and I've got this passion and love and burning desire to just keep going with it, and uh, it's it's pretty neat. Yeah, it's kind of like once you're in, you're in. <laughs> like you start coming out to play, people are like, "Oh, there's a new guy out here. Let's start passing him the puck, right?" Mm-hmm. And then you start telling yeah. him just little little things about his game that he needs to do. And, and uh, gradually, yep. through through the community, everybody just gets better. Yep. Well, you're right. Yep. It's like you say, "Let's pass him the puck." I mean, I remember, I remember my first pickup, and I. 
like these, a lot of these guys can skate. And at that time, I, I, I may have been the worst one on the ice. I, I don't, I probably was, but when I got the puck and if one of the fastest skaters was on the ice, I mean, he played down and he kind of you know, let, yeah. he didn't, yeah. he didn't, it, it was very, it was crazy. And, and it was really amazing. And, and now I could play, you know, tomorrow I'm going to play uh pick up in the afternoon with, with a lot of the same folks that I knew from that first one. And, and I get better each time. And I, and I, and now I could actually kind of play with them. And, and then I'm also seeing people who are coming in who it's, it's their first time. And I'm like, you know, or, or, you know, the, and it's just very, very interesting. There's, I, I don't know if there's another sport where, you know, I played baseball, basketball and soccer. I don't know if at this age, right. So you get to your mid thirties where you've got mm-hmm. adults that are going and playing this game like this That's right. and welcoming everyone saying, Hey, come on, yeah. come on out. Come on. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't see it. I don't think that there is. And it's, I, I tell everyone, I'm like, I want to find out like, what is it about this game that, that, that <laughs> and these people that are involved in this game that makes it so special. And maybe one day I'll find out you guys have been around. Like I, maybe you guys have the answer and you'll tell me, I don't know. Uh, it's Canadians. No. Well, <laughs> yeah. uh, I was gonna go. I was gonna go with it's the beer afterwards, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude, no, no, and you know, you 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 said the word yes. community a, a couple times uh, earlier on when we were you know talking, and I think it's it's really that it's mm-hmm. like the hockey community um, is very tight, and it's actually very small. Like it, it feels like you know, there's, there's teams all over the world and like, there's people playing everywhere and there's the NHL and there's all these pro leagues and college and all this stuff. And it feels like it's very big or it looks like it's very big, but it's actually really, really small. And if, if you think about like, you know, you're, you're coaching and playing in the Raleigh area, right. And we're all playing and, and coaching in like the DC Baltimore area, right. Those hockey communities are very very small there's there's so few people in the you know in the larger sense of those metropolitan areas that are actually playing yeah there's that, lots of overlap right and you're you're you know there's like the six degrees of separation your <laughs> degrees of separation from all the other people that are playing hockey in the area it's like three like, it's right <laughs> it's not it's not that it's not that far yeah so you know, when, when somebody comes into a new group or a new team or a new league or whatever it is at whatever level it is, because we're all, we're all already part of that community. Like you're just accepted, you know, automatically mm-hmm. cause you're just, you're already part of the community, you know? So I, I think that's what it is really. And it, and it's not just limited to like players and coaches. Like I try to tell the kids that I coach and that I've coached over the years that like, you know, the community is not just like me and you like coach and player. Um, it's, it's also like your parents and your extended family. It's also like the people that work at the rink, it's the officials. Like, cause if, if we're not all participating in this, right. And we're not all part of it, it doesn't work. It doesn't happen. Right. If the guy doesn't show up to the rink to cut the ice, you know, you're you not playing, play. <laughs> right? If, if the, if the guy doesn't show up to the rink to wear the stripes and be an official, 
guess what? We're not playing, right? So, and if the other team doesn't show up, right? Like we're not playing. So that that community, right? That's that's what it is. And once like I don't want to I don't want it to sound like it's exclusive because it's not, right? If you decide you want to be part of it, you go be a part of it and everybody's going to say, "You know what? You're a part of it." And that's that's what it's about. Yeah, and you're that exclusivity part, there's no feeling of that and no, uh, not whether at all, it's right? Like, like hey, yeah. come to the Friday pickup not ready to go to the Friday pickup. Come on out. You'll be fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's not like, Hey buddy, you ought to go to a couple more learn to skates. Like before you come out, right, with right, no, come on right. out, man, come on out. Right. We'll figure it out. We'll, we'll work it out. Um, I interviewed Bill Beanie. He uh, won eight NCA national championships. Middlebury. One, yeah. Middlebury. Exactly. And one of the things he said to me was that he had with his teams, uh, something that created and it's to what you were just saying is, uh, he was like, I wanted every person, every player on the team to know everyone on a first name basis. The person who cut yep. the ice, the person yep. who let us into the rink. It was all a first name basis. And yep. that's how we ran things here. And I'm like, man, that is just so special. Like, you know, talk about exclusivity. It, it, no one is no different than anyone else. And that's we're all right. like, t- you're, you made those points like perfectly. What Bill Beanie eight NCAA national champions like is, is what he trying to <laughs> what he was trying to instill in his team is like yeah. this is the community back to that word um yeah pretty pretty crazy and uh, and then Shane Willis who's the youth hockey director here he played for the Canes and he's now the youth hockey director for uh, for for the Carolinas and, and part of the Canes you know, one of the things that that he said is every single time I do a so back to another one of your points here. I, every single time I do a camper clinic, I tell the kids after they're done, when you get out of here, thank your parents. Thank That's your parents right. for bringing you here. Yep. So it's like you bring up, you brought up the rink workers, you brought up the parents, you brought like these guys that know hockey, all of those pieces have to come together. And if you're not respecting it and recognizing all of those pieces, maybe validation yeah, of all yeah. your points, obviously. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, it's funny I, you mentioned Bill Beanie too, and like John, you know, obviously perks up because, wow. you know, when we were coaching together and and stuff, like, so Bill Beanie and Middlebury's known for like their small area games, and like that's basically all he used in practices, right? So like when I'm coaching, uh, not with like the larger age groups, but with like if I have teams that are like going to tournaments and that kind of thing. Um, in my practices, all I'll use is small area games. That's it. I don't, I don't do any kind of like weird, you know, drills and put cones on the ice and all kinds of crap and all kinds of, you know, stuff like that. I just have either two or four nets and I literally take the small area games that pretty much he developed at Middlebury, right. And use variations of those for an hour. You know, so it's, it's interesting that like the, the, the community mindset translates to like almost like to the tactical implementation of the game and, and how you teach it and how you practice it and then vice versa. Right. Like, yeah, I mean, to the small area games that he said during that national championship run, he said we were running 75 to 80% of our practices as small area games. And this was a foreign concept at the time. And then I said, well, 
So for 8U, what do you what do you think? I mean, yeah, obviously, okay, you had a great, you know, incredible, the historic run, the most historic runs ever. Uh, he was like, I would do more. He's like 90, 95%, maybe all the way up to 100% small, right, smaller right. games. I'm like, I'm going to listen to someone like that, right? Like you have to listen to someone like that. So it's like, okay, like let's find a way to incorporate small area games as much as possible. And when he starts to give he said he's writing a book right now in conjunction with us, USA hockey on small area games. And like, I, I can't wait. I mean, it's just so cool to think about. Um, and uh, not to pivot back to soccer, but like they, what they said in USA soccer is like to start to eliminate lot the three l's lines laps and lectures right and they're a little bit you know late in this you know bill right. beanie and usa hockey they like these smaller games are designed to keep everyone going at all times and you'll find your coachable moments but like let's keep these guys going and uh yep yep there's something special uh obviously what with what he yeah i mean five straight ncaa national championships and and eight overall at middlebury i mean incredible <laughs> and, and the funny thing is that you mentioned that one one reason they started doing that was they were like why are these canadians so good at you know for example you know digging pucks out of the corners coming to the front net shooting and the funny thing is they realized it wasn't because the coaches in canada were teaching that they were teaching more of these plain jane systems that you see in the nhl you know dump and chase block a billion shots yada 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 it's boring all those kids are really excelling at some of those like in tight corner spaces or even some of those specialized skills. It's because when they were done with hockey practice all weekend and all week, they were hanging out on an outdoor rink. So they're getting that extra repetition of ice time. And especially when Eric and I coached eight, you, I would have parents, well, you're not teaching them how to skate. I'm like, well, they're moving the entire time they're in this game. So I don't have to do anything. And then when we have, you know, for example, a station later, either Eric or I or whoever else would go, all right, this is what we're going to work on. We're going to work on skating. For example, we'll do it around cones. You just kind of hide it in a game or like a, an obstacle. And it kind of, cause they're young. They, they get the idea. If I lined them up on the boards, kind of the way I was taught, I, I don't see many kids, you know, really sticking with the sport that long. And that's kind of lame. <laughs> I'll be honest. Like I, I'm shocked. I did it with my, my attention span, but yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, yeah, Coach Beanie, when he was telling me some of the stuff, he was like, and here's how you sell it to the parents. It's like, oh, he, right. like yeah. <laughs> I need he, some of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still working on it at 12 U, man. Like, they still come up and ask, like, because we still, like, at 12 U, we still do stations, right? So I have, I have basically four or five stations depending on what the practice is and we roll through them in the 50 minutes of ice that we have right and i still have parents that come up and they're like you know why are we still doing stations why aren't we doing like you know flow drills and you know all the shit that you see on youtube that nhl teams do at morning morning skate right like that doesn't apply like first of all half the kids can't even move in a way that they could do a flow drill like an NHLer does in a morning skate. So why don't we work on that first, right? Like, why don't we work on skating with the puck first through, <laughs> uh, conflict and competition, you know, like, so it's, it's still a battle. And, you know, I know you're, you're still at mites right now. So you're, you're like, you're in for it. I'm just warning you. 
<laughs> no, yeah, and uh, you're uh, very in for it. <laughs> I, I know it, um, and that's you know one of the reasons why I'm just so you know, I, I crave information, and I'm gonna yeah. lean on on you guys, and I, I know yeah. I'm gonna come back to you guys and be like, guys, dude, like, hey, this is what I'm dealing with. What's up? Yeah, dude, I I steal everything that I use in practice. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I go, I. I spent so much time like watching, you know, obviously the USA hockey stuff, but also like, uh, well, like, okay, USA hockey, like the world junior team, they tweeted out this thing that they were doing. It was like tag where it was one-on-one tag. The person who was it could skate forward. The person who was trying to avoid being tagged had to skate backwards, (laughs) right? So you had to learn how to evade and avoid while skating backwards. I was like, and this it, is genius. And, and this is the, and and this is the under 20 team doing it. Before and the funny the thing World is, Junior championship. it's, <laughs> it's them doing their warm up Cause I, I saw the exact same video. Yeah. It's them during their warm up where the guys are kind of getting loose, but you also got to think the mindset of those kids going, it's like, all right, we've been in quarantine for X amount of days. So instead of lining you guys up on a line, like they kind of do it, AHL and NHL development camps, this is the way we're yeah. going to do it just to break you guys in. And I, Eric and I would do stuff like that. We did this awesome game called bumper butts, you know, for eight, <laughs> you where they, the kids would have to skate backwards and it was tagged, but you had to kind of tag them with your back end. It was, it was actually kind of fun. And the kids, even the kids that couldn't skate backwards by the end of the season, they would, able, they were able to learn all's because in, in general, cause you would just tell them little technique things. Like yeah. bend your knees, keep your head up and just move your elbows one at a time. And naturally just inertia will take you back. It's little things like that that just keep, keep cycling through. And that that's the biggest thing. Well, it's like at eight U. I, you know, we've, we've done, you know, a, a station where we're doing freeze tag and I'm like, hey, and I hope the parents aren't getting pissed that we're just playing tag right now. <laughs> and then I, I see, I see, I see the same tweet that you mentioned. Where yeah. It's like, the world junior us team they still play tag They're playing tag man <laughs> and the under 20 and, teams playing tag yep and last <laughs> night brendan Moore is at wcc with his team uh, his junior canes team is some plays i kid you not i'm watching this practice and they've got these kids lined up one on one one to one doing just a pastoral back and forth passing oh. just yep. rifling passes <laughs> at each other for 10 minutes and i'm like i don't see any young uh, teams doing that like oh, they, this is what they yeah. taught at six years they're just one one player to one player right across from each other, just rifling passes back to each other for ten minutes. Yeah. And I, I, I think I think everyone can agree, at least on this, you know, forum that we're doing. I'm sure I'll get some heat from someone at some point. Like someone <laughs> someone will call me out on Twitter like Mike did to you, Rigsby. But uh <laughs> but, but I think the one one reason kind of, you know, where it, it's the uh, American development model, the ADM that say hockey came out when they did all this a few years ago in conjunction with Bill Beanie and sports psychologists and scientists, they, they did a great job launching it. And I was, you know, I was pretty fortunate where I got to go to some of the USA clinics or ADM and whatnot and kind of learned, you know, the science behind it. And I, I loved it. Cause I geek out on that. That's, that's something I, I hold dear to my heart that I was able to do, but you know, I liked, especially when I was doing mites and squirts, I liked almost younger coaches, like newer coaches, newer hockey families coming because I was able to kind of tell them, Hey, this is the way we're going to do it versus a guy, someone almost like myself to, you know, I'll I'll throw myself in it to some extent where I was like, Oh, I was taught. I, when I was growing up, I was doing that one-on-one passing drill. 
Like I was the one doing, I was skating full length down the ice, doing backward skating, facing the board, you know, looking back on it, insanely boring stuff that I'm shocked. I still was able to do and able to <laughs> like keep with the game. And I, I was very fortunate because <laughs> I took all those skills and was able to use it. But then when I became a mites coach, I, I almost stripped a lot of that, like I'll say it hard ass kind of mentality, like where I was more, I was more the fun, goofy coach. I, I wanted to like do the games. I wanted to do all that stuff. And it squirts when I started doing that, I did kind of strip away some of the, you know, some of it, but for the most part, the essence was still there. We're going to do something, but I'm hiding the actual skill in something else. And you see kind of the older coaches, especially from the Canadian or, you know, older generations, they're, they're sticking with that. Oh, well, this is how you learn how to pass. You just, you know, you're going to go 10 feet over there and I'm going to try and hit your stick. And we do that for 10 minutes at a time. And I'm going to skate by and say, you're doing it wrong and not really give you much direction and then go from there. And it's Hmm. that, you know, where we look at those kids like McDavid, Crosby, Stamkos, Dreisaitl to some extent, you know, all those guys that are like super high end NHL talent, they're like, well, they were coached that way. And it's like, well, they were freaks. They probably would have ended up that way regardless of what's <laughs> they're mutants. <laughs> exactly. They are, if you think about it. Well, and I, so John and I used to go to all the clinics together, right? And so I, I'll never forget the very first one that we went to before we went to Hooters afterwards. Yeah. This is, uh, this is level one. Yeah. Uh, um, the, <laughs> at the end of the, at the end of the thing, at the end of the day, Ty Newberry, who's the, does he still run? He does. I know he does Maryland, Virginia, here. Maryland, Virginia. So I know that. I think they he, branched off like it's more centralized, but yeah, he goes, he goes, my goal is not like as a coach, my goal is not to get kids to college or pros or whatever. My goal is to get them to the beer leagues because it means that they were lifelong players. Right. And so like, yeah. that's, that's really when it clicked for me, like so beautiful, what we're really trying to do <laughs> is like instill that love of the game, which we all have, but do it in a way that is super effective, right? Make it super fun. Um, make those kids want to come back every week, whether it's practices or games, like all that stuff and all the things that we're talking about, about like using games and not, not lining kids up and making them skate through, you know, rote memorization of cone patterns and things like that. Like that's all the stuff that makes kids love the game and want to come back every week and come back every week for the rest of their lives. Yeah. Like, like us. Right. Yeah. I mean, creating that 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 hockey player for life to where you just want to keep playing and i think not i'm seeing it early on i mean it, it, there's a lot of pressure even on these young kids it's like oh, you know yeah, yeah. and it's just like hey let's just go out have fun. like coach beanie also said it's like go back to the pond where the kids are just playing the game yeah, and just having fun mm-hmm. everyone yeah. every kid loves it right yeah and you have an adult constantly telling you hey here's what you gotta do if these kids go to school they've got the teacher telling them what to do, an adult. They go home, they got mom and dad, an adult telling them what to do. Then they yeah. go to their outlet, the game of hockey, and they've got another adult coach telling them, hey, here's yeah, what you yeah. do. And it's like like that whole playground experience of just playing and having fun. The kids will keep coming back for that. Like they'll 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 keep yeah. coming back for it. So if like you mentioned the word disguise, like if you could disguise the things that 
are kind of going on and they're getting better while they're doing it. They want to do it. They want to keep having fun. They want to keep playing and they, uh, and they play forever. And it's just, um, and that's the beauty of it. Parents are the enemy of youth sports. <laughs> yeah. That's, 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 I, I hate yeah. saying it, but I'm going to, I'm a firm believer. Yeah. It's, it's so I'll true. Say that. It's very true. I mean, I, and, and the other thing too, cause you coached Eric's coaching. I coached Aaron, Danny, eventually you guys will coach. There's always a parent. And I, and I'm not saying this in a me way who, who's never played hockey. They just watch a few pro games and I, I appreciate your input as always, but whatever Ovechkin or John Carlson or Brett Pesci or Sebastian Ajo is doing, that is not what I'm concerned about when I'm coaching. I'm sorry. That is the least of my worries. And then yeah. the other hockey parent I somewhat have an issue with, and I'm sure all of us can agree, the little Mike goalie and the dad's firing pucks at him 100 miles an hour expecting him to stop it. Those, those are my favorite guys because part of me is almost like, all right, because you just being the little Mike kid with pucks, can you get in that? And I'll do exactly the same thing, <laughs> but I'll get, but I'll get just as close as you were two feet away and just fire pucks. Like I, I'll just never understand it. He's yelling at him. Butterfly. Come on, kid. What I know. Are you doing? I know. Yeah. <laughs> Butterfly. What are you talking about? I, and especially for Mike goalies, like Mike goalies, I would always just tell him what do I do. I'm like, stand in front of the puck as much as you possibly can, because at their age, it doesn't, and and I think the biggest thing about youth sports too, and I, I'm a, I'll, I'll say this and then I'll get off my cross, but you know, <laughs> especially especially with especially with hockey, and I don't think a lot of people realize this. I was one of the few beneficiaries with my skating technique and my stride, where I didn't grow during puberty. I was about the same size my entire life from when I was like 15 to now at 33. Facts. I'm five. Yeah. So my body in terms of what changed, I got, you know, a little more chest hair and that's about it. Um, is that the only it, thing that changed? <laughs> yeah, maybe not. <laughs> there's some, I mean, I'm yeah. just, you know, a little, ma- little mature, probably some maturity, right? I mean, <laughs> I'm probably, I'm probably, probably less mature now than I was, but <laughs> definitely but, not beard hair. Yeah, yeah. This hair, this hair has been gray for a while, so it doesn't matter. Um, but, but the biggest thing too is, you know, a lot of these kids, you know, your son, um, kind of went through it a little bit. Eric's son, yeah. Yeah. you know, when they hit puberty and their body starts to change, any skating mechanics they almost essentially have, it's almost out the window. A yeah. lot of people don't don't realize that, so they almost have to not necessarily learn, but they have to almost regain control of their body and it's very difficult i see it every year like even with like with my son like because i'm i'm tall like i'm taller i'm like six one six two so he's going to be tall and he's already like humble brag yeah you notice how he no, said that after he said he he's already yeah. well humble you know. brag yeah, it's like a humble brag <laughs> but he didn't have to say that you know he's just no, like, but what, what's happening <laughs> what's happening is like he's all legs and before like before last season he shot up a couple inches and when he went into last season like he was all legs and all over the place and like he 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 looked like he couldn't skate again like he looked like he was four years beforehand where like he couldn't really move around and then going into this year he didn't grow as much but he got stronger 
And so this year, like he looks great. He's flying around. Um, when I ask him like, Hey, can you try and do this or that, or do this edge work or whatever? Like he's good. Uh, but next year I'm worried like, okay, now are we going to have to remediate a little bit because like he's going to grow even more and you know, so we'll see, but yeah, you're right, John, like every year, like the kids change, especially as they get older, like those changes are like that much more drastic. And you just have to, like, you have to be patient. There, yeah, there's a reason why uh, Dustin Bufflin never made mm-hmm. a national junior team. There's a yeah. reason why Pavel Datsuk got cut from his Bantam B team. There, there's reasons, like, I mean, we were kind of joking, like Crosby, McDavid, Stamkos, Ovechkin. Those guys are freaks. They were always at the top of their age class. They're just freaks. But the NHL, outside of those top-tier flight guys, they're littered with players that develop later or, you know, at their younger age, they were okay. They always got better, better, better. And then when they hit 20, 21, 22, 23, they just excelled beyond belief. Um, you know, Braden point, he's a good example. I mean, growing up, he was never the best, but then look at this playoffs. I mean, he, he was easily the most dominant forward without a doubt. It's yeah, just interesting. So, I mean, you guys, you guys know this way better. I mean, is, is hockey truly a late bloomer sport? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Dean, Absolutely. Lomb- Dean Lombardi, when he was with the Kings, he gave a really good symposium at one of the level five clinics. And he said, someone asked him point blank, when do you consider an NHL prospect aged ready? Meaning when do you start to look to that prospect as AHL, NHL type age? And he said 23 and a half. And you got to think, especially if you look at the NCAA roster, I don't know if you follow a lot of NCAA college hockey. There's a reason why a lot of those kids turn 18 to go play a year or two of junior hockey, like, you know, in NA or USHL, and then they'll age to 20 or 21, and then they'll go play their three or four years of NCAA hockey. There's always a reason for that. And everyone gets like, Oh, that's so weird. Cause then they hear it on the TV broadcast, you know, Oh, he's 23 years old. And they're like, man, that's old as hell for an, you know, a NCAA kid in his third year. It's like, what the hell? Yeah. But that's the way. And then you kind of think about it. Like, look how hockey does it. Where like, you want those kids at 22, 23, and then they'll do the farm system. And then you look at the NFL outside of kids in the first round. A lot of those kids either don't pan out or they're on a practice squad for the rest of their life. Yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with that because they make really good livings on a practice squad. Believe me, I'd love to be a place kicker for any NFL practice squad. It'd be great. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, just blasting field goals. <laughs> yeah, practice. just bombing field goals. You know, not doing much else. But but um, but yeah, I mean that that's kind of the thing. They they age differently, and it's also too hockey. I, hockey's really specific in terms of basketball you're always planted on your feet one way or another unless you're doing your jump shot football for the most part you're on your feet you're running you're doing movements soccer Every, same everybody thing everybody can run exactly right. you're everybody you're, you're born instinctually with those skills hockey regardless of what anyone says you know hand eye and kind of your physical awareness and IQ of things that can be added a young age you can kind of develop some of those tactics but the skating side of it is such a 
fundamental part. And there's a reason why there are a ton of NHL players that are still working with skating coaches. And there, yeah. Brooks like a few years ago, Rigsby showed me this article. I remember it. So it was like Brooks like maybe like last two or three years in the league when he kind of bounced around a little bit. He was working with a skating coach because he needed to adjust his stride to get faster. An NHL player who was solidified in his career to some extent is like a you know bonafide third line player, and not a. I wouldn't say. I, I definitely wouldn't say he was fringe. He was definitely cemented in those third line roles. He, he, he was a career. He was a career guy, right? Exactly. And and in order to stay in the league, he had to go hire a skating coach to fix his stride like at the end of his career. Like actually there's um I'll I'll show you the video after Mike I'll I'll either throw it on Twitter or Discord it to you. It doesn't have to go on the podcast cuz out there's this great guy who does these skills camps with a lot of guys. He does like bio steel camp and uh Gary Roberts camp. He's called Yuri Bruski and he works oh, he's from that guy. He's in yeah. Canada. He's great. There's a video online. He does the Ottawa Senators development camp from like 2000 like 11 or 12. In that camp, you see John Gabriel Peugeot, Mark Stone, Shane Prince. There's like four or five other guys I can't remember, but they show Mark Stone fumbling through this stick handling drill. He can't even like do it. And you can tell wow. he's getting pissed off. And it's like all the way back then, you're like, oh my God. And then like nine years later, the dude, you know, wow, stud with the knights. It's the it's little stuff like that. Like, yeah. They all gotta piece it together at a certain point in time. They all they all still work every day. Like they have to to stay in the league. That's the thing, man. Like it's it doesn't just happen. Like you it's every day you have to work at it. Well, even if That's, you just look at, at us, like yeah. If you look at me, yeah, Aaron's Daniel in the green John, biscuit. Aaron's we, outside with his green biscuit, just ruining him left and I'm right. I'm not even saying ruining <laughs> No, but for real, like if you if you look at the games of me, Daniel, and John, you'll see three different players that are good at three different things. And Daniel's got the shot, or I can skate. John's got the backhand, the passing, the vision. We're just totally different players, and we've been playing with each other for like 15 years. Like why? Why aren't we all kind of good at everything yet? It, it just doesn't happen that way for everybody. Sometimes you just well, you have no, to work on stuff. No, it's right because you're not practicing every right. Day. We're not practicing. Yeah. We're not. We're not. It's not our job. That's what so. it is. Right. <laughs> I don't get paid. To Unfortunately, be good. like it's I didn't. Not our job. I didn't realize. I didn't realize how important practice was until he watched like, us I play. Left. No, I left. <laughs> well. I left when I left college and I started playing in men's leagues and beer, beer leagues. And like, yeah, I was one of the better skaters for like two years and then everything fell off. Everything fell off my like hands skating how you think the game on the ice, everything. If you're not doing it every day and you're not working on it every day, you're not going to have it. Same thing. It, it doesn't matter what it is. Like golf is the same way. There was a time where I was playing golf at least twice a week, every week. My wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, was working at a golf course and 
I was going over there after work, you know, at least once or twice a week and playing nine holes, you know, five o'clock, whatever. And I could play golf, right? Because I was playing that much. Now I play like four times a year, maybe, <laughs> depending on what's going on with work and everything else. I'm terrible. I don't need to be good at golf, but I'm terrible. And it's because I'm not playing that often. It's just, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's with anything. So, yeah. Yeah. Hey, one thing I forgot to mention to you guys, when you, you mentioned who you asked me the question, who's going to be, who's going to pick up the points outside of that front line. I forgot to mention Morgan geeky. Keep an eye on him this year. I mean, geeky is going to yeah, be phenomenal man. for the Canes. Yeah. That guy's talented. I, I saw his name in a couple things and I was like, who is this guy? Like, and there wasn't much information. Um, everything I saw, like for young guys, was like Natchez or whatever. And yeah, yeah, Natchez is nice. Yep, he, right? yeah, he's like, nice. And so that that was like the name that kept coming up was like, okay, this is the guy, like the next sort of young guy or whatever. Um, and then every like, but Geeky all the scored right- like a goal, like and he 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 scored a goal in his first two games. Like he was lighting it up, it, it, but, and then they shut it down. Like all the writers were saying, like, um, Dezingle and Trocheck coming back, like those guys have to have big years. And like I don't know because I don't follow the team, but well, in in two, especially with Carolina, I just looked up on Cap Friendly. They have six either UFA or restricted free agents after the season, yeah, so well, half the- of their forward group. <laughs> Well, and the goalie situation is messed up because they're both only one year left. Yeah, they're both one year left, and then, and they yeah, both exactly. almost and they both almost make similar money. Reimer and Morazic both making the yeah. threes. Yeah, yeah, and that and they, actually and, bothered and me Ned, more. And Ned could <laughs> and, Ned, and Ned could actually. He, we'll see what happens there. I mean, he yeah. yeah. After the season, I mean, he'll, I think he'll be. He's he's he's, well, he's easily a backup. Yeah, it's like a Pittsburgh problem. I I remember yeah, when Nino. Yeah. I remember. <laughs> yeah, I remember when Nino Niederreiter with Minnesota. Ooh, I thought I like a lot. I yeah, I liked him, good. and I thought he would have the super high ceiling, and I just don't see it like in Carolina. And and it's almost like I mean, not to maybe it's not the know, right it's fit. Like maybe it, well, it's almost like Alexi Kovalev. I mean, he has these flashes of brilliance some games, and then he vanishes other games. He's just gone. What what's the what's the story on Nino down there? I think Nino just <laughs> plays off of like he plays off of physicality. Like he he just loves yeah. getting into it and like getting chippy yeah, yeah. and nasty. And if he if that's not happening, he's kind of his game's just non-existent. Um, but you guys have an incredible actually. I, I I wanted to make sure I I mentioned this. I mean, you guys got the Canes' best basketball player, um, TVR. Uh, I don't know if you remember the storm well. surge. The storm surge. <laughs> yeah. TVR came through with a big dunk. He, he, he threw it down hard. So I'll always remember that when I see TVR with the captures. You know, I remember the big storm surge. Came down. It was during it was during March Madness. He came down. He actually crossed over really hard and threw down this monstrous dunk. So I, I, we're gonna miss TVR, but. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Well, Mike, thank you so much for coming on, man. We really appreciate you taking time to talk to us tonight. Mike from Blue Line Banter, uh, thanks so much for coming on. And uh, I guess uh, Eric and uh, John are going to see you on Thursday too, huh? 
Yeah, absolutely. You guys are going to make an appearance on Blue Line Banter. And I, you say thank you to me. I, I want to thank you guys. I mean, I, I, I discovered you on Thanksgiving Day. I was laying in bed late at night listening to your <laughs> podcast. And I was dying <laughs> laughing. It, yeah, it, it, I was dying laughing. I'm like, these guys are out of their minds. And it was just really, really cool. And to think, uh, you know, just a couple weeks later that we'd all be meeting and, and talking together is awesome. And I and I look forward to having you guys on in a couple of days on Blue Line Banter. Awesome. Yeah, man. We look forward too, to man. it. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. Thanks again for tuning in, everybody. Be sure to tell your friends and family. We'll catch you next week. Thanks.